0: Call in at 303 690 3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now.
3: Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor from the studios here at Grace FM in Aurora, Colorado, an outreach of our church here, Calvary Church. Uh, glad that you join us up and down the Front Range in Colorado, all throughout the East Coast. And uh, very grateful that you are listening. Uh, it's live on Grace FM. So give me a call, 303 690 3000. 303 690 3000 is the number to get on the air. And you can text me at 720 336 0897. And we'll take those texts and phone calls on the air. Um, Give me a call, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000 is the number, and we have wide open lines here at the beginning of the program. We had a great time kicking off a brand new Bible study in in our church last night, 1 Peter, uh, talking, learning about how to respond in tough times. And the tough times of Peter, nothing to compare to what we're going through. And what we're going through is challenging and restrictive and oppressive in some degree and um, just all out assault against the church in some ways of the freedoms we're used to. But Nero was killing Christians, wrapping them in animal skins, lighting them on fire and turning the entire empire against them. Uh, and Peter was writing to believers that were living during that time, and we didn't really get to the historical part of the introduction. We just start, we studied Peter because Peter, in in and of its in, in and of himself, is a great encouragement to us. He is he epitomizes the truth that God chooses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and it was its foolishness that Peter would be saved. This fisherman, this rough and tumble fisherman who lived in the Galilee area and just had a small business taking care of his family, it doesn't make sense uh, that God would choose him. However, God chooses the foolish things of the world. He takes Simon, his name means to hear or hearer, and changes his name to Peter or Cephas, rock or stone Uh, And and we learned about how God wants to use us. It was really good. We talked a little bit about seminary. Uh, If you uh, have been thinking about seminary or you can't go to seminary, we address that. Sometimes people think, well, I could never serve God because I've never been to seminary. Well, I address that in the Bible study as well. So listen to it. Uh, Watch it online. We have a YouTube channel. It's on our website, calvaryco.church. It's on our app. Just go to your app store, put in put in my name, Ed Taylor. Those, our apps will pop up, both for Grace FM and the church. Uh, I'd love for you to take the journey with us, near or far. All right, I love this. Uh, it's a Thursday, and the lines are filling up fast, so I love it. Uh, it doesn't usually happen this fast. So we're going to go to North Dakota. Lexi is on line one. Lexi, welcome to the program. Hi, can I put a... Um, can
4: I... I want to pray for my grandpa, Chris, in Fort Collins, Colorado. Okay. For do you want to pray? Or... Anxiety...
2: What?
3: Do you want to pray or do you want me to pray?
2: Uh, You can.
3: Okay, so you asked about his health and what else?
5: His anxiety.
3: Anxiety. All right, let's pray. Father, we come to you, like your Bible says, into the throne room of grace where we can find help in time of need. So in our minds, we're just thinking we're entering in to talk to you, God, to ask on behalf of Chris and his granddaughter, Lexi, um, that he needs and, and we want and he needs his health to be improved and his anxiety to be removed. Uh, and and we know that both of those things are very scary and very challenging. And and yet at the same time, I know that you are able to, to help and you're able to heal and you're able to settle minds, like you're able to give him an ability to not be so anxious and worried all the time. And so we pray for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, Lexi, thanks for calling.
4: Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
3: You know, you, when you're reading in the Bible, uh, it's interesting to me how Jesus was, uh, was very, uh, well, each, uh, what's the word I want to use? Uh, he had a special love for the kids. And he had a special love for kids that were brought to him or pe- somebody's kid that the need was brought before him. And so just thinking of Lexi taking the time to call to think of her grandpa who's in Fort Collins. So good. So we're going to go to Fort Collins now. Carson's calling on line two. Carson, welcome to the program.
6: Thank you, sir. How are you?
3: It's, I'm good. Carson, what's up?
6: Uh, I have a question about my girlfriend. Um, a couple years back, she, her sister got a really rare form of cancer and um i actually met her at a young Life uh camp and she was going there with her friends trying to get some just get some clear some stuff up in her head and ever since i've been trying to help her she's kind she's trying to be a believer and i'm trying to get her but i'm not trying to force her too hard because i know just by looking at her she's just a caring and loving person and you you would think she's a believer by just looking at her and talking to her but um I've tried to explain to her she thinks that why if God's real, why would give my sister cancer and I'm trying to tell her that it's not god and i don't I don't know what else to throw at her I'm just looking for some help here
3: well it it is a very difficult situation because you're serving a precious person that is hurting really bad and yeah probably in the in the probably in the throes of. Of grief and the stages of grief and looking for an outlet of anger uh, because she's angry and that's part of the process nobody wants to lose um, a loved one uh, it's always um, untimely it's always hard and and so that the the fact that she's responding this way is not a, not not a surprise
6: yeah, she's you know, there's a, her sister. Her sister is alive and she's doing okay, but she still has it. Just to let you know.
3: Oh, okay. I'm sorry, I misunderstood. Well, I mean, cancer right. is scary. Cancer and the treatments are scary anyway. So you know, the application of of the pain and suffering that her sister's going through um, is where this is coming from. And you know, our our humanity is always looking for a way to sidestep God's absolute morality. and and so the first answer to the question is, God did not give your her her sister cancer? Um, cancer comes because of sin. It's a byproduct of man's rebellion against God. That's every sin and every sickness is related to sin. Uh, and that's something that she needs to understand. God didn't—I mean, she could be probably asking it, okay, then why did God allow it? Well, God allowed—and God, and that question's all equally good, where God allows us the, the risk, or at least from our perspective, the risk of having cancer That in order to enjoy life. Life comes with freedoms, and life comes with risks. And a lot of the risks that you and I face— have everything to do with sinful behavior and the fallen nature of sin. Um, if So I would say this, if, if she is asking real theological questions, then we have theological answers. But if the questions are coming from hurt and pain, we can't ignore the hurt and pain with just throwing a biblical answer at her. And yeah. I suspect you're probably doing better than you feel um, in being available to her, talking to her, reasoning with her, praying with her, encouraging her, I, I I suspect you're doing a lot better than you think
6: you are. All right. Well, thank you for that. I think it's really important what you said that God didn't do it. And I think she is wondering what then why did he allow it? I think that's the biggest thing there. I think that's a big question for everybody. They ask him, why would he allow this? He didn't do it. But people always think, why would he allow it?
3: And I, I, the reality of that question is like anything, like where God had God, I'm sure in the eternal mind of God, he had options and choices. So what we're living with is what's described for us in the Bible. That was the choice he made. He made it before the foundations of the world. This is his eternal choice and we're living out his eternal choice. But let's just say there were other choices on the table. He could have chose to make us robots. And have no ability to feel, love, care, serve. We would just do exactly what we were created to do, exactly how we were created to do it. And we would never experience love. We would never experience how pain, any of that. Um, we, would, we would just be robots, you know, like a rock. Yep. We would have no yep. emotions or anything.
6: Thing with, same thing with animals and stuff, too. God put us on here because he gave us a soul, like... We're special yeah, and we're actually, other. even
3: that's a great comparison because we're actually at a different category of creation than animals. Um, right. Animals are unable to have a relationship with God. Jesus didn't die for animals. However, they they are on the planet and they do serve a purpose and they live out their purpose. Yeah. Um So the, you know, sometimes too with where she's at, I was talking to a young man not too long ago and and he's got a lot of reasons, a lot of excuses, a lot of things. But the real essence in his life is that he's holding on to a sinful, he's holding on to sin and he just won't let it go. And whether it's the sin of pride, whether it's the sin of some immorality, but, but we, we are unwilling to yield ourselves to, well, it's just not fair. And basically, the, 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 basically what your girlfriend's saying is, if I was God, I wouldn't have done it that way. And right. the, the good news is, is that we're not God. However, when you, when a person comes to the conclusion where like they've lost their faith, then they've just made themselves their own God. Yep. And she needs to be shaken loose of, of that. Although, like I said, um, to, to have your sister have cancer and go through all the treatments and, you know, we, we do a lot of ministry in the children's hospital and the cancer ward and, uh, it's, it's hard. It's hard to see it, yeah. it's hard to experience it, and I can understand the emotional response. Some, sometimes trials pr- cause a person to press into the things of God, and sometimes trials cause a person to turn their backs on God, and we just need to be available to her, praying for her, and encouraging yeah. her to turn back to the Lord.
6: Yeah, I can tell she's trying so very hard, too, <clears throat> going to camps and Young Life meetings and everything, she's trying. Good i just hope I just hope it clicks for soon
3: well, email me. I can send you a couple recommendations on books for why bad things happen um okay uh, and what where that just walking through the Bible and and adding some of these thoughts of you know bad things happen to bad people, bad things happen to good people and yep. And it hurts. I mean, it's not fair. Every And I just recently read a book on the topic of lamenting. And lamenting is the idea of what happens in the Psalms where you are sharing your heart with the Lord. And like being in that place where this is not fair, God. This is not right. And only Christians can lament because Christians believe there's a better day coming. Christians believe that justice is around the corner. Christians believe that God is faithful, true and just while we live in a very unfaithful, untrue and unjust world. So only Christians can lament. And if, if, if your girlfriend would would, would kind of read through the Psalms, that's one of the books I'll recommend. Like it is super powerful uh, and helpful to learn that there's a language to her pain and it's in the Bible.
6: Okay. All right.
3: So email me well, at edit at org, and I'll send you some links.
6: All right, thank you, sir. I appreciate you. You're welcome, it. man. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.
3: Three zero three six nine zero three thousand. And I encourage you if that lamenting is one of the like that that is that this brother uh, gives language to the pain. And the brother that wrote it lost a child. It's how I ended up reading it myself. Uh, and I actually did a Q class. We did some Q classes here, uh, and we called them quarantine classes on Zoom. And it was a very beneficial study for us. Um, I, I actually decided to teach the book after reading only the first two chapters. I'm like, I got to do this class. Because all of us on staff had to pick a class or pick something to teach for six weeks. And it ended up being so, so good. Uh, it's a great book. If you want recommended, uh, email me. I'll send you a link to it. Uh, because the the author's name is hard to write down. You might be driving. So just email me. You get a chance. Ed. Ed. At edtaylor.org, remind me what you're asking for, because I get a lot of email uh, all day. So just remind me what you're asking for, and I'll send it your way. All right, let's go to, let's see here, Thornton. Line three is Roberta. Welcome to the program.
4: Yeah, hi. Um, hi, uh, Pastor Ed. I've called hi. you before, and you, okay. your ministry is so good. Um, you, uh, I'm the one. You, you prayed, and your listeners prayed for a friend of mine and she literally came around, and it was just a miracle. She uttered the very things you prayed uh, right back to me without me even asking or saying anything. It was, and so i such a fan of yours because I feel like the Lord's using you and working through you, and these are questions. These are sort of end-time questions that have been bothering me because of conversations I've had with a, a Christian recently, um, and And so I don't know if I'm off-base, maybe I'm off-base. Okay, let's see what we can do. Okay, I said the Holy Spirit has been putting a sense of urgency in my heart. I completed a study of the Book of Acts um, using a study guide not too long ago, and before that I read several missionary journeys of um, the China Inland Mission and several other different missionary journeys and how much people you know, years ago, sacrificed to get the gospel out to people, and the Holy Spirit stirred a sense of urgency and a desire to really um, be more evan- evan- be, be more evangelistic. And uh-huh. um, I mentioned this to a believer, a friend who's a believer, and he said, well, the Holy Spirit never acts in it with a sense of urgency. Everything is in perfect time with the Holy Spirit. So I sort of felt like he made me feel like that wasn't the Holy Spirit that was putting that sense of urgency in my heart. And truly, um, I, when I read scriptures over and over, I see time is short. Uh, make the most of your opportunities. Um, I do sense that, um, that it would be a work of the Holy Spirit. And, so, and then it, I ended up reading Second Thessalonians 2, where the man of lawlessness, and just in light of all the lawlessness that's going on, in our nation i wondered if it was foreshadowing the man of lawlessness that's coming and then i wondered and i've asked several people and nobody has an answer to this is the man of lawlessness an actual man or is it just a reference to the devil as a whole and no um, he's, he's so, so let's yeah. go
3: let's answer let's before we go on anymore let's okay. speak to your friend first uh, i think your friend is making a distinction where uh, or not making a distinction that's necessary, and that is the Holy Spirit absolutely is is 100% God and operates on his own. The timing of God is always perfect. Absolutely, that's true if that's what your friend meant. However, there's also a work of the Holy Spirit and the, the presence of the Holy Spirit that would indeed speed us speed us up, slow us down, put a sense of urgency in our heart, put a burden to pray for someone. The Holy Spirit is active in our lives, moving us, guiding us, stopping us, leading us, speaking to us. So your friend, unfortunately, was unable to see that both of those things are true, that, that the timing of God is always perfect, it's always on his time, nothing's outside of his timing. However, you and I aren't God. So God is revealing his timing to us, and He, I believe, the way you describe it, that I disagree with your friend. I believe that the urgency you are sensing is is from the Lord, that the Holy Spirit's doing that in you. Okay. And then okay. the second question you had in 2 Thessalonians, the lawless one is a man. It is a person. Uh, it's a very specific person that we know as the Antichrist. We don't know who the Antichrist is, but the lawless one is a person.
4: Okay. All right, so it's not just a general reference to evil. (laughs) No, because in
3: verse 9, when you read in verse 9, we see even the distinction. It says, The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan, with all power, signs, lying wonders, for those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth. There's a distinction between this lawless one and Satan. He isn't coming in his own ways. He's coming in the working of Satan uh, and you'll see Satan's going to even in in uh, going to indwell him uh, later on. There's a lot to be said about the Antichrist. But no, the lawless one is a person.
4: Okay. And this is sort of a another question when I think about these things, is in the order of events, I think that there will be the rapture of the Church, and then following that will be seven years of tribulation. But where does that thousand-year reign where... Jesus is reigning and Satan is put in a cage. When does that happen?
3: At the end of the seven year tribulation period.
4: Oh, okay. That's
3: the next event.
4: Okay. All right. If... Well, that helps me frame things in, because that's another reason why I feel like the Holy Spirit's awakening my desire to understand these things, but they're a little, sometimes a little hard to understand. Um, yeah, and
3: you you are taking it in so fast and so much that uh, I can understand how it could feel overwhelming at times, but I would say don't stop. Enjoy it. Uh, you'll enjoy it. Be encouraged. And if you email me, I can send you a timeline of the end times that I put together for our church when I was teaching through Revelation that will not only give you the order of events, but also give you an idea of where that is in the Bible.
4: Okay, I'll do that. I would like that. Well, thank yeah, you. send it So uh, You are All right, so thanks. Well, thank you. Thank
3: you so much. You're welcome. Bye Bye-bye. bye. Bye bye.
4: 303 690
3: 3000. Great calls today, and they keep them coming in. 303 690 3000. And the lines are empty. Wow. That was, they filled up and then they emptied out. So give me a call 303 690 3000. Follow us on social media. We post a lot of info on social media. Uh, we don't use our social media to get all argumentative, and uh, it. we use it to be informative, to be encouraging. I have my own Twitter. I have my own Instagram, uh, and the church has their accounts. Uh, so go to our website, calvaryco.church, calvaryco.church, and you can connect with all of our social media there. Uh, just click and follow, click and follow, and we would love for you to stay in touch with us Uh, The church website's Calvary CO, that stands for Colorado, Calvary CO. One of the, and somebody asked me recently, what does CO mean? Um, We adopted the Calvary CO moniker because our church is Calvary Church, but we're also known as Calvary Chapel, we're also known as Calvary Chapel Aurora, we're also known as Calvary Aurora. We've had quite a few names over the years. We are 100% a Calvary Chapel ministry. doesn't matter what we call, what the name of the church is, uh, we are uh, f- fully a part of the Calvary Chapel family. I'm um, gratefully. I was saved in a Calvary Chapel. I was discipled in a Calvary Chapel. And now, 21 years in this December, I'll have the opportunity to pastor now a Calvary Chapel. Uh, but we're now Calvary Church. Uh, one of the reasons is people didn't know we were a church. Uh, so, um, uh, now they do because we're Calvary Church, but you could look it up. Calvary Aurora, we still have Calvarychapelaurora.com, That's still we still own that one too. That's who we are. But at any rate, uh, the the um, the significance of of just knowing that you can follow us, stay in touch with us. Uh, I I blog. I write articles regularly. Uh, you can get on our email list and pray for us. Pray with us. Um, so go to our websites, Calvary CO. Oh, I, now I remember we were saying CO because we're, we have a heart to launch campuses. Now, we have done a campus before. We learned a lot from that. We learned what to do. We learned a lot of things what not to do. Um, and we're going to do it again. And we're going to launch some campuses around Colorado and look forward to it. We're not ready to do it yet, like right now, but uh, it could be very well in our future. So now we just say Calvary, Colorado. Colorado dot church um and and because we can see a day when you'll be able to attend our church not just in in aurora uh, but around the city Uh, so who knows it was a prayer request of ours um looking forward to to being available to minister in different parts of the city Uh, plus we have a family of churches Uh, there are recommended churches on our website gracefm.com here in colorado uh, you can go to Calvary CC, uh, I think it's Calvary C C A. dot com to uh, also see another list of churches. Uh, so we want you to connect. Let's go to line one. Stephen, right here in Aurora. Welcome to the program.
2: Hey, thanks, Pastor Ed. Uh, how is You're welcome. Amazing listening to you. Right on. Um, What's up? Uh, so my question uh, if it pertains to uh, Matthew 24 in particular. Yes. Uh, I always thought Jesus there was talking, of course, about the end times. The disciples ask them what he'll see. He goes on to say about the end times and what's going to be happening. Um, yes. And then it seems as he goes on, it he starts it sounds like the rapture to me, because he talks about yes. one person in the field and a person being left behind and everything. And that's my, my that was always my take on it. Um, my wife was listening to a pastor, another pastor, speak of, I think it was like Jack Hips maybe, uh, speak of how it's not talking about the rapture because it's not quite in order. And he's like, well, why would Jesus be saying the end times and then reverse, go back to the rapture? So he, he was saying something and might be talking about if, a, a person was left behind—I don't know how she explained it, but it, it sounded kind of a little different to me. So I just kind of wanted to hear your take on that. that well, there are definitely
3: two There are definitely two versions of that. I think in Matthew 24, I actually hold to the point that Jesus is going back and forth, talking about things related to uh, the Great Tribulation period, also talking about things related to the Rapture. I don't actually believe that the one in the field— Two in the field, one uh left and one uh taken away is actually a rapture passage. I think it's a judgment passage because fifty percent of the population is not going to um is not there's not gonna be fifty percent of the population raptured. Um, but there is a possibility that fifty percent of the population that's alive in the Great Tribulation period will be judged or more. Um so uh in light of that, um I think it goes back and forth personally. I if somebody's saying that it's all the second coming, I disagree with that. Um I look at Ma- I look at Matthew 25 when he's saying uh the parable of the 10 virgins is absolutely a parable about being ready for the rapture of the church. 100% can't question it. Um and and yet you remember the context of Matthew 24 has to do about when are these going to when are these things going to happen, Jesus? Um, what's the sign of your coming, and then the end of the age. So he answers them little by little. Uh, The sign of your coming could be the rapture, it could be the second coming, but the end of the age is exactly what it is. It's at the end of the great tribulation period, so you can see that there's a lot of time covered in Matthew 24. So I disagree with the pastor that, but I I know that that's a popular view. I just think he does go back and forth, and, and depending on the context of what he's saying, of where it exactly applies in the timeline.
2: Yeah, yeah, I agree. That sounds right to me.
3: All right, man. We hear the music. God bless you, bro.
2: All right, thank you. All right,
3: we'll be you're welcome, man. We'll be right back. This is Calvary Live. Got the second half coming up real shortly here.
0: Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now.
3: Welcome back everyone to Calvary Live. Second half, wide open phone lines. We want you to use them. 303-690-3000. Wherever you're listening, Colorado, Maryland, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, New York, online, around the world, Colorado, Wyoming, Nebraska, wherever you are, we are grateful to be a small part of what the Lord is doing. So give me a call, 303-690-3000. Let's see, we will have to go to some text questions. Let me pull them up here. Uh, to all you prayer warriors, thank you for the above prayers for me. I haven't had any symptoms since I asked for prayer. Well, that thank you for that update, Teresa, uh, that you have had no symptoms in response to prayer. We are grateful. Pastor Ed, is it possible for a nine-year-old child to be demon-possessed? Yes, it is possible. Uh, you, w- It really um, uh, here's, here's the thing. Uh, I, I can see that, uh, this particular child has had some threatening things and has been threatening. Um, it, it's, it doesn't necessarily his behavior or her behavior doesn't need to be associated to demonic presence though, because of the, the culture that we're in, the video games and the nonsense that the kids are allowed to be a part of. Like it, it's, it, um, um it would it would not surprise me that the influence of the world making this kid say and threaten and do really bad things but it is possible you can pray over that kid if you want Uh, anoint with oil ask for god to cleanse him or her Um, but not necessarily it doesn't necessarily have to be demon possession is it possible yes Hey, Pastor Ed, great to hear you on the radio. Hope God blesses you. Thank you for your patience with all the calls. Could you please pray for my friend, John? His son is very sick in the hospital. It's not COVID, but he just got over cancer. So, Father, I pray for John and John's son, who's very sick. Um, We know that cancer is scary, but we also know that the treatments can be very difficult and very um, hard on the immune system. So I pray that you would bring healing and strength to this son and it's very scary um, and we're we're wanting to see you provide courage and healing in Jesus name. Amen. 303-690-3000, give me a call. My family was just informed that my oldest daughter is pretty ill with the covid. We're waiting the test result. All her symptoms point to being positive. She has four small children and her husband has the task of taking the entire household. Her entire family's living here in Colorado. We all feel so helpless. Please pray for our family, especially my daughter. She's pretty ill. So Father, we do pray for this precious woman who's very ill. Um, whether it's COVID or not, it's still hard and still challenging. So I pray that you would bring healing Um, And even with the distance and not being able to be together, um, I pray God that you would bring healing in Jesus name. Amen. Yeah. You know, folks, COVID uh, is real. Uh, I know that there's a lot of discussion, especially around, uh, you know, Christians that it's a, it's not real. It's not as bad as the government wants government overreach and on and on. And maybe, maybe, possibly some of that stuff is true certainly the government overreach is true uh, no doubt about it but covid is is real and to compare it to the flu well you know the flu kills more people than the covid does to compare it to car accidents or all of the things i've seen is not becoming of the grace and compassion of jesus because we here's one prayer request with the ravaging effects of COVID. I pray for my friends. Um, and we visited them recently. Whose mom died from complications from COVID. And that's another thing that i have hearing Christians do. That you guys please just stop it. Would you please stop this? Stop the madness of getting on the bandwagons. And stay on the gospel bandwagon and use this crisis as a way to reach people with the love of Jesus Christ. I know a report came out by the CDC recently that said uh, 95% of the cases of COVID, actually people didn't die from COVID, they died from something else. And then I see Christians go on and go, see, I told you so, I told you so. Look, they died for this and they died for that. Listen, people died. They're connected to people that love them. They're, the loss of a loved one, especially with all the government overreach and things where they can't have funerals, they can't gather together. Like, stop it. It's an insensitive way to respond to this crisis. And I promise you, it is not coming from the Holy Spirit. I promise you, the nasty Facebook posts, the... That I mean, I've seen a lot of nastiness in my life as ministry, but never as much as I've seen recently. Um, Even when I was, um, even when we were, and continuing to support um, men and women that are being discriminated against because of the color of their skin, when we speak to racism and what the Bible has to say, I had people emailing me and saying that I was a cop hater, literally. And why would you write such a thing now? Of course, I've dealt with that person directly, so I'm not calling them out on the radio right now. I've already handled it, but I'm asking you if you're the kind of person that write, why would you write such a thing? Why would you go so far right out of the gate? And I can tell you for right now, I love police officers. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, there was a day when I didn't like police officers when I was breaking the law all the time. and. Uh, I didn't like them. They hurt me. I had a problem when I was a kid with the police in my city. It was bad. And and yet I got saved and born again. And I love police officers. I don't love those ones or twos that make bad decisions. But like pastors, you know, I see, um, I, I get articles all the time. I see a pastor Arrested for molestation. That that doesn't mean every pastor in the world it does that. But I'm I'm upset with that one. But to go that far, Christian, uh, to go that far, believer, to divide over like you know, and then kind of thinking just from my experience that somebody would say you're a cop hater. Listen, my son was a cop. I love my son. He's in eternity now presence of the lord but my son was a cop not it's like seriously you are not talking on behalf of god you are not talking on behalf of god you can tell biblically spiritually your spirit can discern when somebody's writing and so most of the stuff on social media is just a bunch of not not reflective of the love of god and whether that you can email me and go ed i don't believe you you're blah blah whatever go ahead email me ed at edtaylor.org and make your biblical case for being nasty. make your biblical case for being wrathful. make your biblical case for minimizing people that have lost loved ones making make your case for being uh angry and wrathful. go ahead, I dare you but but it won't you you won't be able to and so my friends. Uh, you know that that report on the CDC says, well, you know, look, they're re- misreporting the numbers, which may may or may not be true. Um, and you're right on a death certificate, it may not say COVID, but like a car accident, you know, that when on a death certificate, it's going to say um, that the person passed away because of deep trauma. It's not going to say a car accident. But without the car accident, there was no subsequent opportunity to be injured. So the mechanism of the injury is not on the death certificate, just the injury itself. And with COVID, it's very similar. So please, believers, we're supposed to be the most compassionate, loving people on the planet Earth. Why? Because Jesus Christ was the most compassionate, loving person on the Earth. And he lives inside of us. And this crisis is revealing a lot of things in our hearts. And... It's revealing a lot of selfishness, a lot of fears and anxieties, all things that we can take to the Lord, all things that we can submit to the Lord, and I'd encourage you uh, to do that. 303-690-3000. Let's go to line three, Alex in Colorado Springs. Alex, welcome to the program.
0: Hi, thank you, Pastor Ed. I listen to you all the time, and I just appreciate your um how true you are to the word and your your gentle spirit. Just uh, but thank you, man. I, a, uh, I can't remember the gentleman's name the other day that was having was struggling forgiving his father's murderer. Yeah,
3: that was um, a heavy one.
0: Yeah, my wife and I uh, do a form of prayer counseling, and we deal with this a lot. And one of the big issues um, I think he's having is that he wants justice, yeah. and he, so people have trouble forgiving they feel like, and you, you touched on this, they feel like it, it's okay. what the person did was okay, or they're, they're somehow not going to be justice. And right. God, you know, so we always ask those people, instead of, do you want to forgive the person because they'll say no, we just say, are you tired of carrying this around? And, and they usually say yes, and then would you trust Jesus enough if you gave that to him that he would give you something better in return? And they usually say yes, and then I, I tell them, you know, Repeat after me, and we repeat a prayer of forgiveness. And I tell them, you know, the person could be dead, but it's it's not yes. so much what they did; it's the negative emotions that you're holding against this person. And yes. um, it's it, it, God doesn't want you. You were never created to to bear these that kind of a burden. And so, um, so we just have them like repeat and a prayer of forgiveness about releasing this person, allowing God to be the the great accountant and. Um, yeah. So I just wanted to, to share that. I tried to get in the other day, but it was it was busy. But uh, but I know a lot of people carry that um, that weight, and and what they secretly want is justice. But but holding on to that doesn't give them justice. It feels like it, and the enemy tricks them into believing it. But it it there is no justice that they can they can meet out. You know, it's just it's just hurting them.
3: And I think that that example too is a very demonstrative example because justice would be uh, eye for an eye. It would be murder of the per- of the murderer, and right. and we know that wouldn't bring that that wouldn't bring the kind of sense of peace and relief either, um, because then it would open up the gate of condemnation and uh, regret. Um, but but like you said, I think that's really that's really good that there's a sense of. Look you're not gonna get justice and that that's uh, along the lines of pain that that book I recommended on lamenting is right. is actually if for a believer to be able to lament you are acknowledging that justice will come uh it may not come this side of eternity and right. and so the only a believer but only a believer can truly lament because unbelievers don't care about the future but the believer knows there's a day coming when every wrong will be made right but until then like like David he's like man I'm struggling I'm wrestling I've almost fallen I'm tripped but God you're faithful and I look forward to being in your presence and um I think that I think that brother is uh is very very close um to yeah. a full release I think that you know just the phone call in itself right just like you see when somebody's right. asking for help they're just right there they're right on the edge and it's really yeah, good so often, to often be a part they just of that.
0: Don't know what to do, like how <laughs> yes. to do it, you know. And and my mom, she was abused in every way you can imagine. And thankfully, mm-hmm. she didn't abuse us um, yes. as their kids. But she died. I tell people she died a zombie. She was bitter and angry, mm-hmm. and she wouldn't forgive her abuser. And it ate her up. It literally, you know, the the whole bitterness is rottenness to the bones. Scripture. Yes, it was yes. true. It just ate her yeah. up, and it was so sad to see that. So you know, obviously, as brothers and sisters in Christ, we don't desire to see anyone hold on to something that they were never intended to hold on to.
3: I agree. uh, Thanks for that input, Alex.
0: Well, thank you. Thank you so much for your show and your your preaching, and I I appreciate you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, brother. Bye-bye. All righty. Bye.
3: 303-690-3000. That was a great input. You know, I think uh, most if not all of us listening, have forgiveness. Uh, I don't want to say issues, uh, but but maybe we've come through and forgiven. Maybe we're unwilling to forgive. Like the gamut of it is very big, but you don't want to go down a zombie like Alex's mom. I Truly, unforgiveness is rottenness to your bones, um, not to others. All right, let's go to line one. Leslie calling from Denver, Colorado. Leslie, welcome to the program.
4: Thank you, Pastor Ed. Um,
1: my question is, I'm going through Proverbs, um, and I got to Chapter 9, and it was talking about the seven pillars of wisdom. And yes. as I was reading through, I couldn't make them out, so I was wondering if you could help me.
3: Well, in Chapter 9 of Proverbs, um, the the picture there, I believe, of her house and the pillars just really refer to a home that's in proper order. Uh, I know ancient writings have things about this, the world sets on seven pillars of wisdom, but that's really not the language that's being used, the descriptive language that's being used in the Proverbs. Seven is a number in the Bible that speaks of completion, sufficiency, and the the verses that follow that area describe aspects of women, Person or excuse me, aspects of wisdom personified as a woman. How the wisdom prepares her meal, invites people. So it's a picture of a well-ordered home that that personas, personifies wisdom for us. Because in verses thirteen uh, and following, there the 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 author switches things and starts talking about folly. And also uses a woman to describe folly. So I I don't believe it's speaking of the seven pillars of wisdom that hold up the world.
4: Okay. Okay. Good. That makes a lot of sense. Thank you very much.
3: You're welcome. God bless you.
4: God bless you as well. Bye.
3: Okay, thanks. Bye-bye. Annette in Denver on line two is next up. Annette, welcome to the program.
1: Hi, Pastor Ed. Um, Yeah, I wanted to, first of all, say thank you for your encouragement to believers to always be compassionate to others. Um, That's truly how people see the love of Jesus is through us and how we respond to what's going on around us. And um, I wanted to ask um, kind of some encouraging to me and um, prayer um, for—I'm Annette from Colorado Family Life Center, and— some new doors of ministry have opened up for us, and I'm just excited and and really wanting to ask prayer that we really, in everything we do, that we speak to honor God and that it's doors of sharing hope of Jesus to parents. And um, we've had a lot of, um, I think since COVID, we realized that we had to do things different, and it real- made us realize that there was things that we can do to expand to reach other parents and families. And so we've explored that avenue, and since doing that, we've had a lot of calls from, like, um, even Denver Human Service, or not Denver, but the Department of Human Services, lawyers, um, other agencies that are looking for help for parents. And um, I tell them that we're faith-based, and this is how we do it. We don't push anything on anybody, but we love them. We do offer prayer, and uh, we respect everybody where they're at. And we've just had really positive um, input and people wanting to let their clients or their people they're working with access our services to get parenting help because it's a little more unique than what's in the community. And so I just want to pray that we hold true to what we do, how we do it, and that we're offering prayer and that God protects as he's opened these doors, um, because I know it also opens doors for Satan to want to attack it as well, and sometimes that's scary. (laughs) Um, Very
3: challenging. But I think
1: it's just encouraging that there's enough need out there that these agencies are reaching out and they're okay yes. that we're a Christian organization. That's exciting to me.
3: That is exciting, uh, and I know that it's been a it's been a, a long, consistent uh, path of obedience. And along the way, with long, consistent paths of obedience, there are great highs and there are great lows. And we're always grateful for the highs. We always learn from the lows and praise God that there's some new open doors that, you know, COVID has required all of us to rethink things, and when we do, God has new fresh vision for us, so it's pretty exciting.
1: It is. It is. And I'm rejoicing in that, and just, you know, um, we're still looking for godly volunteers, godly board members, because we don't want to compromise in anybody that's working with with people that are seeking help because if we're not prepared to share the truth, we're not really giving them everything that they need to hear yes. or at least to so, offer.
3: So before we pray, go ahead and since you're at, since you're um, looking for volunteers and we know you, um, give the information of, of how they can contact you.
1: Um, they can contact. Um, I'm happy to give my cell phone number cause I use it for work. Um, somebody wants okay. to call and ask me questions. My phone number is 720-384-5809. The um, email info, that's the easiest, info at Um, coloradofamilylife.org. We're looking for people that can help in family life coaching. We um, need men to work with men, women to work with women, or men or women to work with couples. Um. Somebody that's really passionate about family, and right now we're not doing just pregnancy to age three, but we're doing um, actually um, we're doing Zoom, we're doing in-person, and we're also sending links to people um, all about parenting and pregnancy. And it, I would say it's the next step beyond encouraging people to choose life. We can destroy life before it's born. And we have opportunities to destroy life after it's born. And how do yes. we continue encouraging and helping parents to provide a safe and nurturing home for kids? Yes. And, um, so, yeah, if anybody's interested or has a heart or passion for that, there's other things people can do. But you have to be a solid believer to work yes. with clients.
3: Amen. All right, Father, we pray for the family, Colorado Family Life um, Organization, Lord, Annette and the team that she has, we, we know that there's life-changing uh, power in your Holy Spirit through this mentoring, encouragement program. And um, even thinking back as a teenage parent myself, how valuable it would've been uh, to have someone give me that adult type of wisdom, uh, even beside my parents, just like speaking truth into me. Uh, and also, it would've been a really cool thing to have a believer in my life um, to um, be connected in that way uh, so I pray for everyone that's that all these new ideas these new opportunities the the open doors that weren't open before and um, just re uh, evaluating and reassessing how to best serve these young people and these parents and so we pray for your favor and your blessing and God again like your word says you would open doors that no man can close, and you would also close doors that no man can open. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Thank you. And thank you for your faithfulness. You're uh, really an encouragement to me.
3: Thank you, Annette. God bless you. Okay. Tell your husband I said hello.
1: Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
3: All right. Where are we at? Princess is in uh, Littleton, Colorado, line three. Welcome to the program.
5: Hi, Pastor Ed. How are you?
3: Good. I think I'm going to hear something encouraging.
5: Yeah. <laughs> I was sitting here listening. I've got something else on my heart, too, but I thought I would call and share that um, Sunday I celebrated eight years clean.
3: Yeah, that's fantastic. Congratulations.
5: Well, I didn't do it. The Lord's done it for me. Sure.
3: So. But you get to enjoy it, so it's kind of like well, your birthday. You didn't do anything for your birthday, but you get to enjoy it.
5: <laughs> I am enjoying it. Um You know, I was sitting there on Sunday just thinking about what recovery has been for me and what the Lord's done in my life. And I've shared with you that I've, um, well, the Lord's put into my life for me um, the program. And so I've worked that diligently, but I noticed over the last three years, He's slowly faded that out. And I really thought in the beginning of my recovery that, you know, I had a service for people and thought maybe a CAC degree. Um, I really do have a heart for people. And... It really was through the program for a long time, and then I started noticing that the Lord's pulled me away from it, Um, and there's been different women I've come alongside through seasons and even people through the church that I've been able to help, but I've gotten to the point recently a woman was put into my life where she's not she didn't have my story except the fact that she doesn't have the Lord. Um, She's looking at some prison time, and... As I'm as I'm listening to what this woman's going through, and I pulled some sisters together. Actually, went to her house and um, we cleaned up the home for her children. And the call that Annette just had actually put it onto my heart. But um, you know, I I didn't really know. I haven't had. And last night during service, you were talking about you know we don't need training or seminary to come alongside people and. Um, i just feel like at this point like i just don't have that when i'm coming alongside women and scripture nay i don't want to be standing on a soapbox preaching Christ it he's really put it on to me to lead um, in love with with just coming alongside people but with this last woman it was a little different the women in my ministry says you can't just give 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 you need to be able to talk the Lord to them or have her come to a Bible study before you continue doing things for her. And so I'm kind of conflicted right now. I hear the Lord to start talking to people in Christ and not so much in my, my program anymore. Are you following me?
3: Yeah, I think so. I mean, are you, we only have a few minutes, so what, where is it that you're wrestling?
5: I'm referencing just, um, you know, t- training up in the Lord, how to talk to people about the Lord. I I feel like um, I the Lord has me at that place right now where I need to get. I don't know how to talk to people about Christ. I know I have such a love for Him and what He's done, but I could not tell you for the life of me the address of Scripture. But I I know His Word in my heart um, when I'm talking with people, and so.
3: Well, let I'm me just, let me say this. Let me say this. I think that you're not giving yourself enough credit for okay. how God uses you. So maybe you're just in one of those seasons. You know how often I can share something and I don't know the address, but I know what the scripture says, and I know yeah. because it's part of me, kind of like you. Um, you are there. Where are, are there places to learn? Uh, you know how can you memorize or how can you? Like I just don't listening to you and watching your life. I don't think you are are giving yourself credit. And I don't mean that to say that God's not working through you like, like you're the one, but you you're the way you're talking right now. is not like, not how God uses you. Um, And perhaps, you know, sometimes this happens to all of us, not sometimes, many times the situations in people's lives are so overwhelming. The damage of sin is so destructive that we feel helpless. And then as we're ministering to people and this is my life, as I'm ministering to someone, and I I'm pouring into a family, they still get divorced. Ministering to someone, pouring in, they still mm-hmm. um, shoot up heroin. Like mm-hmm. like the, the it's almost like we think we're the ones that're going to bring the increase, but Bible says that some people water, some people plant, but only God gives the increase. So okay. there's just those times where you know you've got to trust the Lord with the people you're ministering to and. And email me. I'll send you a couple books on how to share the gospel that would be helpful. Yeah. Um, that would but be I, good. I know when when you say you don't know how to share, I don't believe you. That's not, I don't <laughs> believe that's true. I don't think, and so maybe you're just in one of those spiritual seasons of discouragement or like battling it because it's actually not true. You do know how to share the gospel, you do know how to tell people about the love of Christ. So I wonder if you're just in one of those funks of the yeah, season. Yeah,
5: I'll send you an email, Pastor Ed. I appreciate you taking my call and finishing this All right. thought. God bless you. We're Thank coming you. to the end.
3: All right, bye-bye. Yeah, bye. bye All right. right. Uh, maybe maybe you're a little discouraged right now, too. May the Lord encourage you. Uh, it's harder. It's more difficult. But God is faithful. Go to calvaryco.church. You've been listening to Calvary Live.
0: Tune in next time Thanks, for guys. prayer
3: and God's Word.